Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, we want to talk about uh, the information and the questions coming out of the mailbag. Uh, the first one I have here for us is, um, Del, I have some cash. Should I buy properties now? With uh, higher interest rates, or should I wait for a possible housing crash? Well, my friends, there's a couple things wrong with this, right? And the first one is very, very hard to understand. So I'm going to take a big, wide swipe at it. And if I miss with the baseball bat and uh, strike, that's your your loss. But here's the go. The bottom line is, guys... I'm out there right now, and I've got four or five different deals I'm looking at, and quite honestly, I want to buy four of the five deals I'm looking at. I mean, they're that good. They haven't been good. good. Uh, in the last five years, they haven't been that good. But now they're that good. So first of all, the premise, am I, should I wait for you know there to be a recession? Last time there was a massive recession in 2008, I started buying when $35,000 properties were selling for 25000 bucks. Nobody saw it as a recession yet, although they did see that we were in the exact same position we're in right now. So most people were wait and see. I made $3 million on that property I bought at that particular time, which was the first one I bought into the recession. From that point on, the prices did start to go down further. What's interesting, though, and this is really the most important part of this whole thing, is that the people that were afraid to buy yet, that wanted to wait until the prices went down, when the prices went down, they couldn't buy because they weren't fast enough. The people that had already got in and bought something, the brokers were just bringing them the deals. And also, many other people were not prepared to buy at that time. In other words, once you get scared and once you start thinking, I'm going to wait for the bottom, I'm going to wait for the bottom, I'm going to wait for the bottom because the thing, you know, it's still falling. And if it's 10% down right now, I know it's between 20, 10 and 15% down from where it was a year ago. That's at least, I'm looking at stuff 20% below a year ago. If you're looking at 20% below and you're thinking, okay, I've seen it come down now 20%, it might go down another 20%. Well, it might, but the bottom line is you didn't get in at the 20% down. You may then, once it goes down another 10, 5, 10, 20%, you might go, well, there's, there's more. Because you don't know when a recession is shifting. You don't know. Because like the Fed right now is giving the notice they're going to go up in the interest rates at least one more time. That's the way they're hinting. They're leaning. So prices probably are going to go down a little bit more. But the problem is the second they do that and they say, okay, now we're where we want to be. Inflation is in check. Then the recession's gone, and you missed it, and you didn't get that 20% off price. That becomes 25% off if you wait, you know, if you just keep buying into the downward spin. And 25% price difference is massive. It is massive, right? And if you can go out there and buy stuff, now remember, even when there's a recession, there's people like myself that are not losing their real estate. 
We have purchased it at good prices. It's operationally functional. It makes money. Uh, and just because there's a recession doesn't mean that that property is not making money. I have many assets that if there was a recession tomorrow, they'd still make money. In fact, all of them wouldn't, the stuff, the way my portfolio is designed. Um, but that means I'm not going to sell. So it, there's going to be people that aren't going to sell. So what you're really looking for is not a recession. You're looking for situations like we have right now, for example, where people are in trouble and they need to sell at a price below what they purchased. I looked at a deal the other day where they paid um, $23 million for the property and they just sold it for $20 million. Now, I didn't buy that particular property um, at $20 million because I thought it was worth eighteen at the at the time. And even though... Somebody else thought it was worth twenty, and they got their they got twenty million. The people that bought it for twenty three lost three million bucks. There's another guy out there right now, and I keep bringing this guy up because he's screaming all over the internet that he is God's gift to property management. Well, the guy's good. I know him, and he is good at what he does. But he stopped doing it. He took his eye off the ball because he fell in love with a guy named Grant Cardone, and Grant Cardone told him to stop being good at operating your business and start being good at syndicating more businesses and develop more business. So what did he do? He went out and gave away his property management company to a also-ran company that runs Grant Cardone's. When this guy was good and winning awards for property management, he took his eye off the ball and went and started buying at very high prices. And he bought right into the highest prices possible, and he had adjustable rate mortgages. And now he's got a $50 million asset that's in foreclosure. He's got about $30 million in debt on it. He's going to lose $20 million of his partner's money. Can you imagine that? And this guy is a guy all over the internet screaming how loud, as loud as he can, how good he is. If that's not the recession already in place for you, these people that are losing these large chunks of money, the point I'm making to you is wait for a recession. It's not a recession we're looking for. It's opportunities to buy properties below market price. The second one we have in line here is uh, goes something like this. It says, I'm a preferred member, and I also have a passive position in a deal outside of Lifestyles Unlimited in Indiana. The lead is about to close on a Freddie Mac refi and has still not been informed um, of the LTV amount loan-to-value amount, for those that don't know what that means. Uh, is this normal, as far as you know? No, this is absolutely not normal. And it tells me that the lead that you're doing the deal with is probably not happy with what they're they're offering them, or they're going to pin them up against the back of a wall. In other words, what happens is that when the bank, when you're trying to get a loan, and if he's doing a refi, it's probably because he's in some type of adjustable rate mortgage is about to kill him. And I'm just reading into this, right? Uh, because it's what's going on out there right now. And so you got to refi out of these adjustable rate mortgages because they're at eight, eight and a half percent interest right now. And so the bank knows you're up against the wall. And what they're doing is they're saying, look, when you bought this, maybe you put 10, maybe you put 20% down, maybe you put 30% down, you maybe even put 40% down. But right now, these properties, their values have gone down so much that your property that you own isn't worth what it was worth when you bought it. So the amount of down payment you put down, which creates the loan to value, for example, if you're borrowing a million dollars and you put down 200000 your loan is $800,000. Your loan to value is 80%. But right now, Whatever you came in on, an 80% loan, a 70% loan, or even a 60% loan, 
Many of the loans right now, because the properties have dropped so much in value, the only loan we can give you is 50. I've even seen as low as 45% loan to value of what they're saying the property's worth. Um, This is scary. This is very scary. And so what they do is they know they want the loan. They want the points and the commissions and the fees. This is the mortgage company wants the loan. But they know that there's other competition out there, and they know that you, you know, you're up against a wall. So they will push you till the point where you are stuck. You either take the loan or you go out of business. And that's the only reason that they would not know why the lead would not know what the loan to value is that they're offering him because that's part of the the uh, rate and term sheet that you do before you even start the process they give you a rate and term sheet says this is what we'll give you and you put down money to lock that in so i don't know how this guy you know well i shouldn't say that this is a passive he doesn't know what's going on i can see how this guy feels uncomfortable about this and doesn't understand why the lead would tell him that they don't even know what the loan is because he's in the deal. His money's at risk. That's why he cares. Now, again, let's talk about this we did in the last segment. When you do deals inside of Lifestyles Unlimited, what happens is is that the people that do them here as one of our members have all agreed that we should all adhere to a set of practices we call the white paper, which are much safer. Does that in itself mean the deals are totally safe? No. Uh, Does it mean that a lot of the shenanigans that are done outside of lifestyles are not done? I would say in the majority of deals, that's the case. A lot of the shenanigan stuff that these syndicators pull off to make money, way more money for themselves and way less money for the passives, to put more risk into the deal and more money into their pocket are all agreed. We all agree we're not going to do it to the passives. Now, at the same time, because we agree not to do it, doesn't mean that they don't do it. I've had Lifestyles members that were syndicators that have been horrible. And every time they won't follow the the white paper. In fact, I was saying, when I start doing my seminars, I always go, go to the back of the book. We haven't started yet. See that blank page there? Yeah. That blank page is there for you to write this down. Write this down in big letters in your own handwriting. I will not do what Dell says to do. Now, why do I have him write that in there? Because the deals that people do where they won't follow what I tell them to do are way riskier than the deals when you do what I tell you to do. They both have a level of risk to them. Don't get me wrong. It's real estate. This is the real world. But the level of risk is way higher. So some of my better leads, uh, we call leads, syndicators leads here, because they've been certified through our lead program and because they've signed a document saying, I agree to adhere to the white paper. Um, That just is a promise to the other members we can't make them do it, right? We have no policing on their deals. We're not the SEC. We're not anything other than a group of people all said, you know, and if we're going to do this stuff together, let's not cheat each other, right? And so when these people put these deals together and someone comes to me and goes, this guy's doing it completely wrong, I might ask the guy or one of my staff, I go, why are you doing that? And they may say, well, you know, I'm going to do it my way, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Then we might ask them, you know what, if you're really going to do that and take that much risk, would you please just 
you know, leave Lifestyles Unlimited and go do that in the real world. The real world does that stuff all the time. They take that massive risk. And, you know, you have the right to do that. We can't stop you from, you know, you can't stop a person from being stupid. Let me put it to you that way. And people are stupid. They're greedy. They're greedy. They're stupid. They're arrogant. They get the Midas touch where they think everything they do will make money. And these deals are going down left and right out there, guys. I know another deal I'm looking at right now trying to buy. This deal had a offer to buy it for $50 million. $50 million. They had bought it for 40 They had an offer. Or no, they had bought it for 36 They had an offer to, to sell it for 50 to, And they didn't sell. They thought, well, we'll get way more than that. So now they're trying to sell it back in the 40s, in the low 40s. And that's just stupid. It just, let's, let's call it what it is. It's stupid, right? But that's what they wanted to do. So now they're going to eke out the difference between 41 million and 42 million or 43 million or 44 million, whatever they get. It's still six or seven million less than what they could have got because of arrogance, because they thought they were so smart that they could outsell the market. But the market gave them a great offer at 50 million bucks. But see, these people are not in Lifestyles Unlimited because they don't need education. They don't need consulting. They don't need someone to help them to make good, logical decisions because they're too smart for their own good. And there you have it. More failure based on lack of information. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Del, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio. Today, um, we're doing the mailbag. And uh, what I want to get across to you here as we came out of the next segment or the last segment is that the, op, the the concept of when things occur out there in the real world that change the playing field, they change the rules. If someone is playing blindly in that field and they don't see that the rules are being changed or even worse, they see it and they just don't care, they just neglect it, that's when they get hurt. So there's... You know, there's no feeling sorry for these people. 
unless you're one of them, and then you're going to feel sorry for yourself. There's no doubt. But this is not like somebody's putting a gun to your head and say, get into this real estate deal. You're getting into a real estate deal where the price is so high that they have to use adjustable rate interest loans to make it work with interest-only loans to make it work, and then putting the two together, an interest-only adjustable rate mortgage to get it to work. You can't put 20% down because the prices were so high. You had to put 30 or 40% down. And anybody that has any brain at all can see this. I always liken to the situation of someone putting a gun to my head and threatening me, hey, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to blow your brains out. Give me all your money. And you pretty much have to give them all your money or they're going to blow your brains out. That's the stock market. You know, when it says I'm moving, they're moving instantly. And if it starts on its way down and drops 40%, you lose 40% overnight. They blew your brains out. But real estate doesn't move that fast. Real estate moves much slower. So a ye- actually three years ago, It might have been four, but at least three years ago, I started telling people to stop doing these adjustable rate mortgage deals. Now, the interest-only stuff was okay at the time. But when you combined interest-only with adjustable rate mortgage, you were were just basically picking up a time bomb. It was just a matter of when... It was going to blow up. Now, their thought was, well, for the last 10 years, interest rates have stayed low. So there's really very little risk. If you look historically, there's very little risk. And my point was historically is exactly why there's lots of risk. Because when I was buying apartment complexes that were 80s construction that were selling for 35000 a door, I started buying them for twenty five, and then nineteen, and then 14, and then eventually the lowest one I bought was 8000 a door. And then they popped right back up after I bought them to 60000 a door. And I made mega millions of dollars in this period. But then they went up to 70, then they went up to 80 a door, then 90000 a door, then 100000 a door. Now you're looking at some of this stuff was selling 140000 a door. I bought a Class A apartment complex, I think it was five years ago, and it was, uh, gosh, 125000 a door or something like that. And now it's worth 175000 a door. And what I'm saying is, is that, but it was some people were selling that era for 200000 a door, 225000 a door. Well, really, more like 200000 a door. That was a little bit of a stretch. And people were buying it. And it's Class A. So to say 200000 a door, you could say, well, Class A's are selling for 200000 a door and above. I've seen Class A's. I actually looked at one during the peak. is up around 300000 a door. So you could conceive that that's where the market has gone. But in my brain, because the financing, the banks wouldn't finance the deals. Now you say, well, they did finance them. No. They didn't. They put the risk back on the buyers. How so? First of all, we used to get 80% loans. They went from 80% loans. They went down to uh, 85, or I'm sorry, they went down to 75% loans. Then they went to 70% loans. 
then they went to 65, then they went to 60, then they went to 55, now they're down to 50% loans. So you could see it coming. Then they went to interest, uh, they went to adjustable rate mortgages to be able to get the interest even another point lower. So you could buy something at a 4% or 3.5% interest rate, which was a phenomenal rate, yet people were buying it on an adjustable rate mortgage at only 27 To get that extra little bit, that extra half a point, they were taking that risk, which was insane. And I told them it was insane. So I have no, no sympathy for these people. Now, I have empathy. I have empathy that they went into a deal with a syndicator that was an idiot, and they were paying way too much. So Chairman Powell, he did the right thing. Inflation is coming down. Things are getting better for consumers. Yet the people that did all the wrong things, that lost all the money, are not going to ever admit that they did something wrong. They're not going to admit that they took outrageous risks that they shouldn't have taken. And the next email that I received says, uh, Hey, Dell, Thomas here. My wife and I spent Saturday and Sunday in the Houston two-day. Our biggest concern with our current situation is gaining access to the equity we have in our home and the steps we need to take to make that leap. I believe we have around 130000 in equity and would would like to be able to invest in at least one single-family home. Uh, we looked into HELOCs. What would your advice be in this situation? I'm 45 years old. My wife's 36, and we are both nervous and excited. I decided to go to the program for ourselves and our two daughters. Okay, here's the deal. way it works. What you're doing is you're, you're working through the process I talked about the other day of getting your equity, your debt equity out of your assets, which is absolutely necessary. It's the first thing you need to do is get that money out. Then the second step is make good investments with it. So logically, if you're going to put a loan in a HELOC, is good because you can borrow the, line, the money as a line of credit as you need it. So a HELOC is a good way to go about doing this. Um, so you go find the deal you want. Let's talk about two possibilities. One, you've got the HELOC. Now you put that on your, your uh, you pick up that extra debt and you have to pay that payment. You need to be able to afford that payment. When you go to look at the deals you're going to buy, you might get into a syndication where the lead investor, uh, the syndicator, tells you that we're not going to pay dis- distributions right away because we're going to clean the thing up, fix it up, and turn it around, then start paying distributions. And that might be a six-month turnaround, a 12-month turnaround. I've gone as long as 18 months on one I bought that was completely empty. It was 320 units. It took a lot to turn it around. Uh, but you know that up front. So you've got to make sure you can afford to make those payments for that six, 12, or 18 months. On the other hand, if you're going to buy a rent house, like this guy says, and by the way, for $130,000, you can buy more than one. I would suggest you're going to be buying four or five of them for that amount of money. So that's a really good thing. Um, so let's say you go out there and you borrow this money out to buy these rent houses. All you have to make sure is that the positive cash flow is more than the payment. If the positive cash flow is more than the payment, then you're ahead of the game. One, because it covers the whole payment. But not only that, two, because you're getting principal reduction, which is uh, a part of the payment. That's profit also, but you're not getting to see that. You're getting tax deductions. The profit you get is going to be tax-free, especially if you're stretched out with that, the HELOC loan tapped on top of it, right? 
So, and you need to make sure you get with your CPA and find out how to make sure that HELOC loan is considered a part of that rental property purchase and you can deduct that interest. I don't know how to do that because I've not used HELOC loans myself personally, but the bottom line is the loans I use get tagged as investment interest. That way you can write them off. So now you've got this situation where you're, you bought an asset, maybe made $25,000 on acquisition gain, which is, you know, instant equity. Uh, Secondly, then, you're getting positive cash flow, which is tax-free because of depreciation. You've got principal reduction on the mortgage as that mortgage pays down. You've got principal reduction on the HELOC as that um, loan pays down. And you've got property appreciation as the values go up. All that's going on for you at the same time. Those are all positive things. But the key is that that positive cash flow is going to cover that payment from the HELOC loan. Now, is it ever possible you have a tenant move out and you've got one month where you're getting another tenant in and so on and so forth? Well, if you've done it the way I teach you, you're going to have a security deposit if somebody breaks the lease. If they don't have, if they do have a security deposit and they break the lease, you get that, so that covers that month's rent. Secondly, if you know someone is giving you notice they're going to move out, if you do it the way I teach you, you're going to rent the property before they even move out. You're going to have somebody ready to move in. So just as soon as that tenant, the current tenant moves out, you're in there one weekend, you clean the house and get it ready to go and move the next guy in the next week or maybe a week and a half. Who knows? So you only have a very small amount of downtime. And then that person pays you the first month's rent and at least one month's rent worth a security deposit. It's not called one month's rent, by the way. It's called security deposit, but it's equal to an amount of money that's at least equal to one month rent. I used to get double, two months, three months on people that didn't have perfect credit. So you bring in a large chunk of cash all at once right there. And again, you're just putting that money over here in case you need it because they break the lease, because they do damage and so forth. You're not capturing that money as income right away. Um, but that's okay. Because now you have security that with this tenant, you're not going to lose any money with them. And if you do it the way I teach and you need to get to the classes and learn how to do it and you need to follow the way I teach you to do it, then you're going to be able to be safe and secure, uh, bar some catastrophic black swan event in your life or in the property's life or so on. The tenant may have a black swan event destroy their life. That shouldn't blast you out of the water. That should not inhibit your long-term investment growth. Um, but, you know, you go through something, and maybe you have a black swan event, and that does. That can't be overcome in most cases in your life. That's why if you live in a glass house, man, don't throw rocks <laughs> because stuff can go wrong. And, uh, you know, for me, I take risks, but I take slow, calculated risk. That's the difference between myself and most of these guys out there that I'm constantly talking about that are on the outside of lifestyles and or those people that were in lifestyles that stepped away. They step away from lifestyles because I'm very conservative and they don't want to play conservative. They want to go out there and try to be billionaires. I love that song. I want to be a billionaire so flipping bad. Yeah, you've all heard it. And they all want to be billionaires overnight. <laughs> so they want to take massive amounts of risk, roll the dice, and see if, it, if they get there. That's not my style. Last question. Uh, hi, Dell. When I when and how did you learn about hard money loans and how to use them like you do instead of being freaked out about 
higher interest and avoid, avoiding them like I did. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing is I was already rich by the time we had hard money loans because somebody came to me about hard money loans once I'd already started Lifestyles. I was already a millionaire, and they showed me how they worked. And so we incorporated them. In fact, we promoted them. And at that point, now they're all over the place and everybody uses them. So I never really had that fear. All right, folks, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.